My name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I chat with Jesse Soroys. We met years ago through our mutual friend, Audrey, who you may remember from previous episodes of this show. As I was planning for season three, I put a call out on social media looking for people interested in talking about what makes them anxious. Jesse reached out and was interested in talking about her pregnancy journey. About a year into their marriage, Jesse and her husband decided to add to their family, but unfortunately struggled with multiple miscarriages. Our conversation in this episode dives into grieving a child and nervousness around getting your hopes up, both in pregnancy and these uncertain times. As I mentioned, this episode does contain conversations about miscarriages, so this might be a sensitive subject for some listeners. We recorded this episode in October of 2020, so some of the COVID-19 related mentions have evolved since then, specifically relating to the vaccine. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Jesse. So tell me, what makes you anxious? Uh, lots of things, but especially for the past uh, six months or so, uh, being pregnant. <laughs> Congrats, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> so what about the process has been anxiety-inducing for you? Uh, there's been a lot. This has actually been like a journey that started over three years ago. My husband and I decided after a year of being married that we wanted to start trying to get pregnant. So I went off of my birth control and you're always told when you're younger that you can get pregnant like so easily, like one accident and it just happens. And I, I guess that's not always the case, especially as you get older. So we had been trying for about a year and nothing was happening. We started going through testing. So there was a lot of anxiety there, like wondering, like, did I wait too long? Is there something wrong with me? And I never knew about it. So we went through some testing. There's blood work. There's pelvic exams. I stopped just before things got like a little more invasive than I was looking for at the time. And then a couple months later, did unexpectedly get pregnant. And I ended up having what's called a missed miscarriage, uh, which is when the fetus inside like stops growing. Um, but at the same time, the body just kind of continues on as if you are pregnant. So you don't know that anything has gone wrong. <laughs> uh, so I had actually found out a month after the baby had stopped growing. How did you find out? I found out because I started spotting. So I, I called my doctor. For a lot of people, that isn't really a big concern. Some people do spot in pregnancy. And so it's always just a good idea to let them know. So first they told me to keep an eye on it. You know, if it gets worse, let us know. We'll schedule an ultrasound just to make sure that everything is okay. So I went in for an ultrasound and they said the baby was measuring much smaller than it should have been, um, but that we were still too early for there to really be any discernible heartbeat. Um, so they said that I should come back in two weeks to do another ultrasound to see if there has been any growth. I did not make it the two weeks because the bleeding got worse. Uh, so I called them back um, and they told me to come in right away, do an immediate ultrasound. And they basically told me that, yeah, the baby had stopped growing. And how did you feel when you found that out? It was really, really difficult. We had been hoping for this experience for so long. You never really think the first time that it happens to you that anything could go wrong because you're just so excited that you're pregnant and there's going to be a baby. Like we had told our parents and 
our close friends because we were just so excited that this had finally happened for us. So it was just, it was it, like an instant just rush of shock and like devastation to, to be perfectly honest. I, I remember just sitting there knowing that there was a baby like still inside me that like wasn't living anymore. So when did this happen? Uh, February of 2019. What sort of happened since then you tried to get pregnant again after that? Or sort of what was the whole process like? There was a pretty significant mourning period. I'm not typically someone who bounces back from things very quickly. Um, it also, I think, was especially just kind of scarring for me because the day that I ended up like passing everything, um, was also the anniversary of my little brother, uh, passing away. So it was just kind of like the most terrible day <laughs> of my life. It's really different because you're also grieving with a partner. Um, typically in a relationship when, you know, someone passes away, it's usually on one person's family and there's usually one person who's grieving and then maybe the, the partner is that support person. Um, and in this situation, we were each grieving in our own very different ways. And I don't think either of us really knew how to be there the other person because we were going through so much internally ourselves. So it definitely put a little bit of a strain on our relationship at the time. One odd thing that happened, I don't know if the miscarriage kind of was like a, a reset for my body, but my cycles ended up returning back to normal after this happened. We did wait a few months decided that we did want to maybe try again um, now that we knew that I could get pregnant because for a while we weren't even sure. Um, I, of course, done all kinds of reading at this point about miscarriages. And so I was like, you know what? Odds are that this won't happen again. So actually, the, the first month that we decided to try, um, we ended up getting pregnant again. Uh, so this would have been in June of 2019. I knew exactly when I was ovulating. We planned for that week and uh, were successful. So we were excited. But now this time, there's definitely that, that anxiety, that fear that even though the odds are that it'd be okay, there's always that what if. Because now we're, we don't necessarily want to tell everyone that we're pregnant. Like we, there's that excitement, but there's also that hesitation. Like we kind of have to hold back. And uh, unfortunately, there's some things you just don't get back from like that first time that you're pregnant. Um, you know, we told our parents that first time and both of our moms cried and they were so excited. And then the second time, like we told our parents just because we figured they should know regardless of whatever happens. Like we still hadn't had a child yet, but there, the excitement that was there that first time just isn't quite there. Like they were still really excited for us, but I think they also feel that like trepidation of we're excited for them, but they don't want to get too excited, yeah. Exactly. It, like, it just got to the point where every statement I made started with, like, if. Like, oh, well, if this turns out okay, like, we would have the baby this month. And everything was kind of a question mark. Like, I didn't want to say anything too definite. Unfortunately, the exact same thing happened. Um, I had another missed miscarriage. Um, so made it, I believe, one week further than... The previous pregnancy um but it was the exact same situation and how are you feeling in this is it worse than 
the first process? Are you feeling like a deeper pain or is it like deja vu? Like, what is it feeling like for you? In a weird way, it wasn't as painful than the first time. Actually, my husband, when we were talking about whether or not we should try again, um, literally said, why not? Like, nothing can hurt as bad as what we already have been through. Again, I think just because of that initial excitement, like, you never think something's going to go wrong the first time. I mean, it definitely made me feel like there was something wrong with me. This had now happened twice in a row. I I was like, I don't see how this could be a fluke. The exact same thing happened. So I did feel a lot of guilt and insecurity about myself and my body. It kind of felt like it almost piled on to the grief of the first time. Like, I don't know that that grief ever really goes away. So it kind of just added on to, to what we had already been feeling a few months prior. So then what was the process like for you after this happened and then did you want to do the same thing where you had like you know what you were calling earlier like a period of mourning and then try again or were you feeling defeated and because you were saying that like you thought something was wrong with you was there this hesitation to try to get pregnant again and what eventually sort of changed it for you uh absolutely i after this happened a second time was convinced that there was some specific cause. I did, again, continue to go through mourning. I told my husband I did not want to try again until we knew what was going on. Well, after we agreed at first um, to put it on hold, we found ourselves in the opportunity to buy a home. And I knew that that would just be way too much stress to be in the home buying process and trying to figure out our fertility. So we kind of put it on the back burner, which I think we needed because uh, we've just been through so much in like six months. I, again, just because we're, we're both grieved so differently and so separately that it was hard to come together in our grief. Uh, I'm someone who still wanted to make sure he was okay, and I, I don't tend to really focus on myself very much. And he is someone who doesn't really like to talk about what he's going through very much. So it was good that we, we kind of put it aside for a little bit and kind of focused on getting ourselves somewhat put back together, both individually and together. Um, so we bought a house instead. <laughs> Homeowners, adulthood. Yeah, yes, yeah. So we ended up closing on our house in December of 2019 uh, on my birthday. So I gave myself insurmountable debt uh, as a gift. Great gift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so generous. <laughs> so we, we took some time. Um, to move in then I was like okay you know what I think I'm ready to start figuring out what's going on it's been you know almost a year um, since this happened let's do this so I reunited with my doctor um, but we talked about you know what testing we could do um, which means a whole lot more blood work um, which I'm not a fan of I have a terrible phobia of needles <laughs> do you pass out too I don't pass out um, but I do have to request an ice pack whenever I get like, my blood drawn that I have to keep on the back of my neck to, like, prevent me from passing out. But you, you get um, dizzy but, probably, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get dizzy. I get really worked up about it. Um, again, just really anxious. Even just seeing, like, the tubes sometimes when they gra- gather all the tubes for all the, the blood samples they need to take. I'm like, I don't want to see them. I'm like, don't do a countdown. Like, just do whatever you need to do because I need this to be over as fast as possible. I, like, stare at whatever's on the wall and then I, like, basically hum the Jeopardy theme song out loud. I don't know where it's picked oh. up, but it's just been like anything to not focus on what's happening. I'll just like make up a song or whatever and I'll just like do it out loud and people just kind of laugh. 
and then <laughs> it like eases it but it's like yeah i don't know when it started for me either but i would just get like really like dizzy and like nauseous and i've passed out a couple mm-hmm. times and they're just like oh you're one of those and like everybody that does blood work gets so mad yeah i always have to warn them first i'm like i just need to let you know that i don't like needles but yeah so we we had a plan with my doctor that we were going to order you know all these specific blood tests and um start there to see if my body's producing the right hormones and the right levels of hormones but i had to wait till a certain point in my cycle for them to measure those hormones um and then covid hit and as it does yes yeah as it is want to do and the blood lab where i was scheduled to get my blood drawn closed down indefinitely we're like well i guess we won't be finding out what's going on anytime soon you know we had both agreed that we're just gonna wait it out i i don't know exactly what happened uh work did get very stressful because of covid i was one of uh, six people who was asked to physically report to work. Um, so there was a lot of extra responsibilities suddenly thrust upon me. So I was really under like a lot of stress. And I think that may have affected my cycle. And I kind of lost track of when I was ovulating because it didn't happen when it normally does. Uh, so I, I had been using an app on my phone um, to help you track your cycle and kind of tells you when you're ovulating and stuff. So I had been using that to avoid getting pregnant um, where we just wouldn't have sex anywhere near my ovulation date. And I checked it. And what I put in there when my last period was, I looked at it, I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I went and told my husband, I was like, hey, so I need to give you a heads up. My cycle was weird this past month. We may have had sex on like the most fertile day. We actually had a really good conversation about it. He was totally fine with it. I was wondering if maybe we should just, again, just kind of throw caution to the wind and just kind of see what happens, which I was, I had mixed feelings about. Part of me at this point, like, wanted to be a mother so badly at this point. All of our friends who wanted kids had already had their children years ago. Uh, But at the same time, I was like, well, we still don't know what's going on. I mean, we really don't want to just keep going through the same experience, but I was like, not going to stress about it. We'll just see what happens. And, uh, lo and behold, I felt deathly ill, uh, one Sunday after I had a small cup of ice cream. I'm like, this is really weird. I don't normally feel super sick after having a small bit of ice cream. Uh, so I took a test the next day. I woke up at like four in the morning. And I was like, all right, well, if this is my first pee of the day, I guess this is what we're doing. It was positive. So I uh, just left the test in the bathroom. And I was like, my husband will see it when he gets up. I'm not going to wake him up at four in the morning. And what were you feeling at this point? You know, is is the exact same thing going to happen? I mean, we hadn't really made any changes. For some reason, there's, there's still just always this, like, hope underneath that, you know, maybe, maybe this is the this is the time. But again, you know, just with our history, we were even more quiet uh, with this third one, which was actually made kind of easier by COVID because we weren't seeing anybody. My, you know, my friends weren't able to tell that I wasn't drinking wine <laughs> anymore. So I, yeah, I called up my, uh, my doctor and went in for the ultrasound, which 
during COVID uh, is really difficult because you have to go by yourself now. Uh, I wasn't allowed to bring my, my spouse with me. So that was terrifying. Uh, we Again, we did tell our parents. They were even more trepidatious than before. Um, my father-in-law, even when I, I told them, did not congratulate us. He literally said, you know, let's wait and see what happens. I found out in May of this year, uh, 2020. So now we're in, at the end of October, I am, I just hit 28 weeks. So I'm in the third trimester now. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. The, the home stretch. So this is further than you've been. Yes. So with my previous two pregnancies, um, I did not make it past the first trimester, which is 12 weeks. So to make it past that first trimester, like past 12 weeks was an incredible milestone. The odds of anything happening beyond that become like 1%. So when are you due? I am due January 17th, 2021. That's amazing that you've gone through all of this and it's a real positive thing for you now. How are you feeling in this moment? What is making you anxious, especially like even who knows where we're going to be vaccine wise, probably nowhere, uh, COVID. (laughs) So what do you think it's going to be like giving birth then and- what has it been like for you being pregnant in social distance land of 2020? It's been really weird. Um, there's this unfortunate part of me that, you know, feels robbed a little bit because I had been pregnant twice before. And had either of those pregnancies gone full term, you know, I would have been able to have a normal pregnancy experience pre-COVID, being pregnant during COVID. Like I said, I wasn't able to bring my husband to any of my appointments until week 20. So that first ultrasound was terrifying because I was going in there completely alone, not knowing if the baby would be alive or not. Uh, Luckily, my mom actually waited out in the hospital parking lot during my appointment. Uh, so she was the first person I got to tell the good news to that there was a baby and there was a heartbeat and that at least in in that moment, everything was looking good. It's been kind of an oddly private pregnancy. I have to take my health and my baby's health more seriously than the average person. Um, being pregnant, your immune system is weakened because uh, your body's just doing so much. I can't afford to be or be around uh, anyone who doesn't take protection seriously, um, which means I haven't really been able to spend a lot of time with friends and family uh, throughout this process. You know, most people have only seen my my baby belly uh, through social media. It's It's been really weird. We are having a baby shower. I debated forever. Um, so I know a lot of people are doing virtual showers and drive-by showers. And I did make the choice that I wanted some small semblance of normalcy. Uh, So I am having an in-person baby shower, abiding by all of our state regulations, uh, which is no more than 25 people in an indoor space. We'll see. I'm a little nervous now because it looks like we're going through a little bit of another wave 
Um, but at this point, I'm in the baby shower literally this Sunday. So we're just gonna, you know, go through and, and make the best of it. To your question about where it's gonna be next year, I am really nervous. I believe my hospital's policy is that I can have one person there with me for delivery, but I do not believe they allow any visitors. So I'm a little disappointed to not be able to have my mom there with me. Uh, she's been such a huge support, especially through this pregnancy. She brings me lunch uh, once every one or two weeks and just kind of spends my lunch break with me. And it is disappointing to let her know that she won't be able um, to be a part of the hospital experience. Another big source of anxiety is that I, there's no kind of pregnancy class I can go to. So I don't get to go to those Lamaze classes and learn about breathing techniques and infant CPR. And luckily my hospital does provide a virtual tour of the birthing center so I can see what the space looks like that I'll be giving birth in. It's been, it's been really weird. Just that nagging feeling of, like, I'm so grateful that this pregnancy has finally happened and that it looks like I'm going to have a child. But it's unfortunate that when it did finally happen for us, that it's during a global pandemic. <laughs> so what is something that makes you nervous or anxious about when it comes to bringing a kid into the world, into 2021 America? I'm nervous about it. I mean, there's always the risk of various diseases when you first have a child because they're they're brand new to the world. They have zero immune system. But now with COVID out there, I mean, it's even more scary. I mean, there's also, we're right in the middle of an election. <laughs> and, uh, and like I said, there's just this strong, like, maternal side to me now where before I was always hesitant to get into political conversations with people. I'm someone who's very non-confrontational and tend to keep my opinions to myself just because I don't want it to lead to any kind of big conversation. But now I know that, like, it's not just about me. Like, I'm having a child. I'm having a daughter at that. As women, we already have a lot of concerns about our rights. It's scary. It, like, honestly, is something I never really considered that the choices that are made now are, you know, they don't just affect me, they affect my child. It's honestly scary. It makes me very nervous. Yeah, I'm very nervous, as is a lot of people, and as in you are, and I don't want to sugarcoat what I think is gonna happen, but I also want, I want there to be some sort of hope and something to look forward to. I don't know if it's there. I don't really yeah. feel it at the <laughs> moment. But is there anything that you're looking forward to i always i've been making up years of when we're going to be out of this and everybody gets mad at me because i'm always like i'll see y'all in 2040 <laughs> and people are like sarah we're not going to be 2040 is not going to happen and i'm just like or like when we get a vaccine i'm like when's that going to happen um right. what are you seeing right now what's in your vision of of what you think is going to go on and what are you hoping that you can show your baby when she's in the world? Um, I am looking forward to turning my home into a very warm, loving, educational place. <laughs> Just things, I mean, I know that as 
an event that's not anything that she'll be able to process. But I'm still looking forward to reading things to her and, you know, getting a message across to her that she is a strong, capable person. I don't know what kind of environment she's going to grow up in as far as the world is concerned and our society and our government. My only goal is to make sure that her immediate environment is somewhere where she feels safe and confident and loved. And is there anything that you want to leave people with, maybe advice for people that are trying to get pregnant or that are pregnant during all of this? Anything, any sort of things that you want people to take away from our conversation? As hard as it is, I do think that it is really important to always keep that hope going. It's incredibly difficult. I still struggle sometimes. The unfortunate habit of, you know, every time I went to the bathroom, I, I had to check the toilet paper to make sure that there wasn't any blood on it or, you know, I was second guessing all of my symptoms and, and those things are, are totally fine and normal to do because I don't know if you ever fully recover from an experience like that. They say that a miscarriage happens to one in four women. It's not a club that anyone wants or expects to join, but the other people who have gone through it are so supportive um, I would say if you're going through any kind of struggles, whether it be with fertility or whether it be with miscarriage, to reach out to other women who have experienced it. There is an unfortunate stigma where you're supposed to go through it privately and, and keep it this, you know, secret experience that you've gone through and, and to not talk about it because it's, you know, too painful or too shameful. And um, I definitely become an advocate of talking about it and getting it out there. I have my maternity shoot scheduled in about a month and I absolutely plan on wearing a rainbow colored dress for half of my pictures because this is what's called our rainbow baby. Um, just a baby that is born after having had a miscarriage because um, it's considered like the rainbow after the storm. Uh, so I absolutely plan on commemorating my first two pregnancies in my maternity shoot. It hurts, it hurts a lot. But there's, there's always hope. Every little kick and movement that I feel in my belly is just the most amazing reminder that she's okay and she's, you know, here with me. And um, it's just the most amazing feeling in the world. And if this is the path that had to get me here, then I wouldn't have changed it. Thank you so much for just sharing all of that. I know it's emotional and everything you've gone through has been such a journey, but I'm wishing you so much, you know, well wishes and happiness for your future baby and that it's a smooth delivery and that you get to experience <laughs> the joy and things that you've wanted, even in this difficult time. So just, I appreciate you talking to me for this. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me the, the outlet to to talk about this i i'm just glad we got a chance to chat and uh thank you for like listening to the show too i really appreciate that oh no problem i think it's a really cool interesting topic because kind of helps me out a little bit to hear what other people are experiencing and how they're going through it in their coping mechanisms yeah god knows i'm still learning what mine are so <laughs> <laughs> same it's been it's been tricky yeah because you're supposed to avoid stress when being pregnant. It 
it physically creates a hormone in your body that can be transferred to the baby. <laughs> oh God, I can't even imagine. Um, so I've really had to keep my coping mechanisms in mind. I'm like, okay, so I can't have, <laughs> um, I can't relax with a glass of wine. I mean, technically you can. So a lot of women do. I smell a lot of wine. <laughs> just to experience it a little bit. You stick your um, nose in bottles of wine just to have the joy for a moment. I don't. I stick my nose in people's glasses of wine. <laughs> I specifically made my husband order um, some wine when we we went out to dinner recently, and I forced him to order one. He wasn't going to. He was like, "Well, I don't want to order wine since like you can't drink it." He didn't enjoy the wine. <laughs> he said that it smelled better than it tasted, so I guess I actually got the better experience. <laughs> yeah, you guys paid whatever fifteen bucks for a smell. Or whatever wine costs these days at restaurants. <laughs> well, I don't want to keep you, but it was really nice talking to you. And I hope I can see you at some point, I guess, in 2030 or whenever. Yeah, you know, um, for sure. I'll you know, maybe invite you to my daughter's like high school graduation or something. Yeah. We can catch up then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Love it. Pencil me in. Thanks to Jesse for coming on the podcast and for sharing your story with us. Congratulations on your rainbow baby. We're recording this in December of 2020, so sending good vibes that by the time this episode is released in January of 2021, there will be a smooth delivery and a healthy baby in the world. If you're interested in sharing your anxiety story in a future episode, email us at anxiousafshow at gmail.com or reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at anxiousafshow. If you like this episode, We'd love to have you subscribe to the podcast. It's available wherever you get podcasts. You can also stream every episode at anxiousafshow.com. This episode was edited and mixed by Angelique Ibera. Production assistance from Matt Laurie. Music by Garrett Rose. His work can be found at garrettrose.com. And I'm your anxious host, Sarah Curlin. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.